You are listening to episode number 53, God Will Wipe Away All Tears. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey everybody, how are you today? Okay, it is Christmas time. Who is ready for Christmas? Ah, you know, <laughs> I get that question a lot when I go to the dollar store. I keep going back and back to the dollar store. I guess I'm cheap or something, but I have friends there keep asking me that. And I don't know if you're ever ready or whatever, or we're supposed to be ready for the day. Oh gosh, the hustle and bustle gets to me a little bit. I'll admit that to you. But I hope that you can feel joy. I hope that you can feel God's peace. I hope you can feel the true spirit. And so I just wanted to make a little podcast about the amazing things that Christ can do in our lives and what we can do to feel that a little bit more. Because sometimes Christmas can be a little bit overwhelming. Am I right? No matter what situation you're in, if you're a single mom or if you're not, or if you have kids, or if you don't have kids, it just seems like every year it gets busier. I'm not sure. But I hope that today your burden can be eased. Today, as you listen, you can think of ways, anything that comes to mind when I'm going through these steps, that you can ease your own burden or someone else's. You know, after listening to the Christmas devotional I was so inspired, and I keep hearing President Nelson say the same quote. It's the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. I love this quote so much. One reason is because it goes with the two schools of thought that I teach uh, what I've learned in my life coaching schools. And one is that circumstances don't define us. They don't create our feelings. Our thoughts do. But also another school of thought is that our focus, our focus, our physiology, and our thoughts are what manipulates and creates meaning. So if we can truly change focus, that's one of the three pillars of change into changing our feelings. And so, and of course, coming from the prophet to me, it's just like truth bomb. I love it so much. This last Christmas devotional too, a scripture was quoted. It's from Revelations 21.4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Whoa. Now he's talking about, you know, a little into the future with things that will happen <laughs> and how there will be no sorrow and that he will fulfill all of those things. And I truly believe, as President Nelson has said in the past, that this restoration is a continuous process and that God can wipe away our tears now. We don't have to wait till the end of days or, or whatever, but he can truly comfort us. Oh, I always think of the, the scripture that's quoted so much in Handel's Messiah, and it's come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Oh, it's so beautiful and 
So I wanted to talk about three ways, three ways that we can truly feel joy, that we can feel some of those tears being wiped away from our eyes, so to speak. And there are three things. Number one, we're going to look in. Number two, we're going to look up. Number three, we're going to look out. So hopefully you remember this. Look in, look up, and look out. So let's go into number one. Look in. Let's take a look inside, people. So focusing on joy brings God's power right into our lives. This again is from President Nelson. He has said that when you focus on joy, God's power is into our lives. What does he mean by this? Well, Christ is our ultimate example. And in Hebrews 12, verse 2, there is an awesome verse. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So Christ himself endured all of those things for joy was his focus. So in order for him to endure the most excruciating experience ever endured on earth, our Savior focused on joy. So I wonder what he was thinking. The joy of what? Maybe the joy of knowing that through him he could cleanse our sins. Maybe the joy coming to him knowing that he could strengthen us. The joy knowing that because of the sacrifice we could all live again. I mean, so great was his pain, but also so great was his joy. So, what joy are you focusing on through your pain? Is it knowing that if you can endure this well, if you can keep being faithful, if you can keep going to church, if you can keep that hope in Christ that your kids will see it eventually too? That can be joy that drives you through. Is it just a personal thing that you will come out the victor on the other side? Is that the joy? I just thought it was a really cool concept that we have to focus on joy. Well, if we want to try to be like the Savior and have some of our burdens lifted, of course, we want to see and point to our ultimate exemplar. What would he do? Okay, so if we also focus on joy through our pain... We can endure it. I just thought it was very interesting that we can put that as a focus while we're enduring pain. Now, let me ask you another question as we're kind of looking in right now. I want you to examine your emotions and your thoughts a little bit. A lot of human suffering is caused by us being upset with ourselves for having those negative emotions. Like we're mad at ourselves for being mad. Or we're upset with ourselves for being embarrassed. Or we're upset with ourselves for being overwhelmed. Or whatever the case may be. You guys, I'm going to admit this right now. I do this a lot. I think it's ingrained in how I was brought up that I'm not supposed to be sad. Well, at least for very long. Or I'm not supposed to be angry. Or I need to get over it, Emily. You know, get over it quick. And so I beat myself up for having the emotion. Isn't that interesting? So let's say if we could get rid of that, at least, wouldn't we be even just 
25% better, 25% freer, 25% more at peace. What would that feel like if you could rid yourself of that? So I'm going to give you a tip. I want you to become your own watcher of your thoughts. I want you to become your own observer of your thoughts. And so the next time you're feeling down, the next time you're feeling any type of negative emotion, I want you to go into it and say, huh, call yourself by name. Now you're taking this role of coming outside yourself as an observer. So I'd say, Emily, hmm, interesting that you are angry at that again. All right. Well, it's okay. You're human. You are don't have to continuously beat yourself up for being angry. Let's just take a look at what this looks like. So you're not trying to run away from the emotion. You're not beating yourself up about it. I'm not even asking you to change anything about it. I just want you to notice it. Notice that it's happening. And if you can do that, that is a huge, huge step. That right there could alleviate so much pain. If we could just do that and just let it sit, don't even try to change it. It will lift on its own. Interesting concept, right? That we try to, we beat ourselves up all the time about having negative emotions. But do we want to be happy all the time? Do we? You're probably thinking, yes, we do. No, we don't. Bad things happen in the world and we don't want to be happy about it. You know, like, yay, this person died or yay, another war. No. You don't want to be happy about those things. There's got to be opposition. We have to experience these painful emotions so that we can experience the high, amazing, joyful, exuberant type of emotions as well. So just be kind to yourself as you're looking in. That's all I ask. So as we're focusing on that joy through our pain, let's be kind with our pain that we have. Let's be observers of ourselves so that we realize that these are thoughts that are causing the emotion. Let's just go into that a little bit and be okay with it, all right? So that's number one, looking in. Now, number two, look up. Look up. Look up towards heaven. What are the answers? What are we supposed to be doing? What can help you through? This is so vital. You know, it's interesting, though, because sometimes it's too easy that we don't do it. I'm guilty of this, too. Sometimes getting a little bit more of the Spirit into our lives is so easy. It's the primary answers, and we just don't do it. We forget, or we're too tired to kneel by our bed at night to pray. We're too tired to read our scriptures before bed or get up a tiny bit earlier to read. Whatever the case may be, it's too easy. There's an interesting story in the Book of Mormon. So Nephi was commanded to build a ship. This is in 1 Nephi 17. Of course, his beautiful brothers are complaining again. Now, have we ever been caught in that cycle of complaining? No, I don't want to do this. It's too hard. (laughs) But Nephi is kind of rebuking them a little bit, as he does. And he points to an example of the Israelites and how they were bitten by these poisonous serpents because the Lord was kind of coming down on them and trying to humble them. But 
He gave them a way out. And what was it? That they would look up at these, you know, it was like a, a brass cross with the, the snake wrapped around it. And all they had to do was look at that thing and they would live. They wouldn't die. But they wouldn't do it because it was too easy. So interesting. Is that what's going on in our lives? Have we been bit? And we need to be resuscitated through this. So what's the resuscitation? CPR. Church, prayer, and reading our scriptures. CPR. Church, prayer, and reading our scriptures. I just saw a kind of a sad post. I've told you before that I belong to some uh, LDS divorced women's groups. And a lot of times they will say, I need a break from church. I need a break, a break, a break, a break. This is the culture. I need a break from the culture. I am just here to tell you all, that's not the break you need. You need Christ so close in your life. And I know sometimes it's hard because we think there's stigma still there. I'm here to tell you there isn't. 50% of people, even in the church, get a divorce. It is not a stigma anymore to go to church alone or to be a single mom or a single dad or whatever. It is everywhere. It's in the world and it's also in the church. So please come to church to be close to God. And it might be hard and it might trigger or whatever. But as you keep doing it, you will feel the Lord closer in your life. And this is Maybe it's not even for you, but it's for your kids, and it's also for the Lord, for you to show that you love Him. It's for you to worship. It's your way. It's your sacrifice to give. And by doing that, you will receive. I promise you that. Then prayer. Take the time. It's so simple. It's too easy. But as you do it, you can be close. You need Him. You need the Spirit directing you in your life. Okay? So allow him to resuscitate you by coming close to him. CPR, church, prayer, reading your scriptures. Such easy, easy answers, folks. Okay, number three, look out. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I talk about this a lot, and I really think this is the key. Something beautiful happens when we live our baptismal covenants. And what is our baptismal covenants? Well, they're explained to us in Mosiah 18. You know, as you're standing there waiting to be baptized, are you willing to bear one another's burdens? Are you willing? That's the word that's used a lot. Are you willing to mourn with those that mourn, to comfort those who stand in need of comfort, to stand as a witness of God at all places and in all times and in all things? So are we willing? Yes, at eight years old, or whenever in the past that you made that covenant, you were willing. Are you willing to today? Are you willing? And I can tell you that as you are willing to do this, you will receive. You know, there's a Newton's law. It's the second law of thermodynamics. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. What does that mean in this sense? As you serve, as you mourn with people, who mourn, as you comfort those who stand in need of comfort, it will come back to you. This good, amazing feeling will come back to you. It's magic. 
And what do we need sometimes this magical time of year? So it's interesting. It's almost this selfish thing. If you want those type of feelings to come to you and just completely, it's almost a cleansing. It's a refining. It's a beautiful, beautiful feeling of strength and power. It's almost a selfish thing because we know that when we're selfless, it will come back to us. It will shoot back to us. I promise you this. There's an interesting scripture in Doctrine and Covenants, section 103, verse 9 and 10. For they were set to be a light unto the world and to be the saviors of men. This is lowercase s. And inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are as salt that has lost its savor and is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot of men. So it's basically saying the members of the church are to be saviors of men, lowercase. If we are not, then we're kind of, we're like salt that doesn't have that savor. Oh, that would be good for nothing. It's kind of a in-your-face type scripture, but it, it's true. We can feel the fullness of our membership as we live our baptismal covenants. Let me tell you a little story. This was a proud mom moment, okay, you guys? I'm not having a lot of them. <laughs> but this one was proud. You know, it's the second you don't think you're doing anything right, maybe with your teenager. And she sh shares a story like this. So in English, they're having this final exam where they write an essay in class. And it's an argumentative essay. And the topic is that being selfish is how you can get ahead in the world and that it is actually a good thing. So you have to be for or against that topic. And when she told me, I was like, oh no, she's going to be for it. But yay, she said, well, of course I'm against it. So everything I'm saying is against it. She's like, everybody knows that. That's the key to life. We know that as we lose ourselves... That's where everything comes together and we can feel the happiest. I was like, holy Toledo, a bomb just dropped in my life. A beautiful, beautiful bomb. <laughs> but my 14-year-old knew it. But do we do it? Gosh, I tell you this a lot. Look around you. I know that it might be really bad for you right now. And you might say, I have no energy. I have none. Maybe you're a single mom and at the end of the day, working and you're in school, and you have kids, and there's just so much, and it's Christmas, and you don't have enough, and you don't know how are you going to make it. I can tell you one way to get rid of a little bit of that worry is to look for someone else who's suffering. You can use a lot of your skill and what you're going through to lift another person. And as you do that, you will be filled. I just wanted to leave this with you guys. I know this one, this podcast is a little bit more spiritual but it means a lot and it's personal to me because I have been there and I am there with you in different ways. And I know as we look in, we look up and we look out, our tears can literally be wiped from our eyes and we can see the joy that is in life and in Christ. And as we focus on that joy, we can get more and more. Things will work out. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing season, an amazing day. Make it what you want. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.